This is Sunday Skate on Sports Radio WEEI. Stanley Cup Finals Edition. For the first time in 39 years, the Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. Talking Bruins and the NHL. Sure, old-time hockey. Like it is sure. With Ken Laird from the Mud and Callahan Show. A bunch of criminals. We ought to be in jail. That's all there is to it. Pete Blackburn from CBS Sports. What are you guys doing? Putting on the foil. Yeah, you want some? No. And WEEI.com Bruins writer Matt Kalman. Hey, great Lace him up for some bees talk right now on Sports Radio WEEI. Here we go, game six, hour two, Sunday skate, June the 9th, 2019. Still ho- talking hockey, that can't be a bad thing, although officiating, dominating the discussion here over the last uh, couple of days, and rightly so. Tripgate, the Bozak non-call, the Achari flop, as Jerry Callahan and a couple of others, Stu Grimson, would like to make it. The only part of it that looked like a flop, and I agree that it was, I, I don't think it was, uh, as you say, it's pretty tough to flop when you're getting uh, slew-footed from behind, but the right leg does go so wildly out of control, it's just, uh, I don't I don't believe Kelly Sutherland's looking at it and thinking, oh, oh look at the right leg, I'm not calling this. That's, that's not happening in real time. Right, and I mean, the... It was like a. He, he, it did look like he kind of like threw himself back a little bit, right. but I, I also think that that's part partly because he was just surprised to get tripped from behind. Right. It speaks to the egregious nature of right. the hit itself. Uh, you think it's incompetence? I think there's a little bit of a. It's a fear factor which has crept in since the Vegas series. It's also just a. Uh, minute, uh, maybe not so minute. Hey, we're letting them play, and that's going to benefit St. Louis. That's not a bad thing. Gary Bettman would love to see the Blues raise the cup. You think so? Uh, first time in 52 years would help the franchise out. Uh, they've been down for so long. I don't know if it's a good story. I don't know if it's a memorable team. You were chatting about this off the air. Uh, Extremely forgettable team. Like, well, yeah, well, people will go think back and remember how magical the St. Louis Blues run of 2019 was. If they In win two this years, thing. you won't remember a single. You, you might remember two forwards on this team. Tarasenko. Jordan Binnington's going to be the Conn Smythe winner. Is he going to win? If they win tonight, Binnington wins Conn Smythe. It would be I mean, Tarasenko, it, it, or I don't even... Uh, I have no idea. I have no idea who, who that Conn Smythe would be. It should be Pareko, but... If it's Binnington, it's, that's a gift, because he hasn't been great either. I mean, O'Reilly's been good in the series. He's their highest-paid player. He's Very a, bad before this series, pretty, though. He's been, yeah, pretty bad. Um, he's been good lately. Yeah, you're right. It's sort of a nondescript team. Craig Berube has, has been impressive. I, I give him credit, but he's just a cement head who has no... He, he's not memorable in what he says, his quotes. He's still an interim coach. It's Jaden Schwartz has probably been their their best forward or most surprising forward. I think maybe their MVP heading into the series, but he hasn't playoffs. done. Yeah. No, I haven't, just haven't heard from him right. much. He's delivered a couple hits, that's all. all right, before we get to Maria and some of the other calls in the officiating, now you threw this... You, you Just like out I've of heard. nowhere, Pete Blackburn gives me a... Here's what I've heard. I heard Marshan has a broken hand. That's what I've heard. Haven't been able to confirm it, but that's what I've heard. So Pete Blackburn has heard but can't confirm it. So now this gets into the uh, – now you haven't tweeted it. You haven't written it no, at I, CBS I don't want to own it, but that's what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've heard. See, this is the beauty of talk shows. You can just throw anything out. And if it exactly. doesn't if – now this is a major – can we talk about where you've heard this from? Because if Brad Marshawn has a broken hand, it would explain a lot in this – Series, we would not agree. This would it would right. make a lot of sense. Make a lot of sense, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've heard uh, from from Vegas. The odds from makers from Vegas. Vegas from odds makers in Vegas. It's what uh, it's that seems to be. I've I I received a nice little message saying uh, 
a couple of guys, injury guys in Vegas. So that Marshand has a broken hand. Wow. Now, but you're not going to go with that. This is not a trusted source necessarily. Yeah, I'm not. I'm it's not, hearsay. I'm not ready to own it. So but I you, haven't reported it myself. You realize, though, by right. saying this on... No, I know. But I, you I, might I, have to own it in some form. Well, I'm not reporting it. I, I'm, I'm saying that I can't confirm it, but it's what I've heard. You go back to the Bruins scrimmage before this series began. The Thursday night in front of the sellout crowd uh, at the Garden, which at the time, that was the big concern going in. Hey, even Cassidy said, we don't want to get hurt. Right. And Brad Marchand left uh, pretty early. They played two periods... Uh, he didn't miss a shift, according to the report, but he, he left flexing his hand, his left hand, at the end of the first period. Looked like he was in discomfort on the bench. He came back after the practice, after the scrimmage. Cassidy said he's fine. He jammed it. He's fine. Yeah. But is it possible he broke his hand, but then came back? It would be odd that he came back. Right, that he came back in that scrimmage. That's That would be... I, I think that if he broke his hand in the scrimmage, he would have left and not returned. Because you don't want to risk it there. But... You know, that is something to, to keep in mind that it happened, and now there's there's rumblings Yikes. that he has a broken hand. Well, you know, and Bergeron uh, had the uh, maintenance day, so people were uh, rampantly speculating before game three, whatever it was, that, um, you know, he's hurt in some form or fashion. It could right. be. I mean, after every cup final series, we hear yeah, yeah, after every, 15 guys. After every say, series, you, you always hear that, that surgery, guys are banged yeah, up. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, that's, I think that's a bombshell. I think, uh, now, if you're not owning it and you're not, <laughs> you know, it's whatever. Somebody slid in your DMs and said Vegas is saying this. Uh, it's kind of like the Dunsky report from, uh, it's, from it's, Fourier, but... It's not, it's not a, uh, it, it's not like a, a random guy, a, a random stranger who okay. slid into my DMs. It's a, a, a Somebody guy who, you has, know, who has footing there. And you're a big uh, swinger in the uh, uh, hockey world now. CBS Sports. You're, uh, how many followers now on Twitter? I don't know, like close to eighty thousand. So eighty k. So you're a major uh, force there. So I, I would say that's to be taken somewhat seriously. But if you're not going to own it, not hundred percent. I just serious. I just can't confirm it. So I, I, I I'm not going to report it. All right, to the phones we go. Maria in Watertown anyway. starts us off here in hour two. Good morning, Maria. Hi. I I don't even know what to say after that little. Uh, little nugget there. Um, I'm at a loss for words. If, if that is in fact um, accurate, then that does explain a lot. Um, but to, to my original point, and I want to say this very slowly and very clearly, lest I be accused of being a crybaby by talk show hosts on um, other stations, the Bruins did not lose that game on Thursday night due to the officiating. They lost the game because they can't score right now. However, the officiating has been nothing short of an utter abomination throughout the course of the Stanley Cup Finals. And Bruce Cassidy was absolutely right. These finals are going to leave a black eye on the league and also on the team that ultimately ends up winning the Cup. Because what are people going to remember? Are they going to remember the fabulous run that both of these teams have had? Or are they going to remember one missed call, one missed call after another? Pete, I went back and read your original article with the laundry list of nonsense that has happened, and you could actually do an amendment to that story right now. Thought about it. Some of the, oh, my God, I think you should, because um, it encompasses everything that has gone wrong with these finals. Having said that, having said that, 
our best players are clearly not our best players. And, you know, regardless of who's injured or who's not at 100%, if they don't get this figured out and Cassidy doesn't start pushing the right buttons as he's been able to do all season long, the only thing the Bruins are going to be hoisting after tonight are their golf clubs. Um, I'm, I'm just wondering what you guys see as potential in-game adjustments or game start adjustments um, that will get these guys going because I'm, I'm at a loss as to what is happening um, with our best players because they're almost non-existent. And you're not going to win a Stanley Cup with your third and fourth line. Right. Um, you know, in the Game 7 in uh, 2011, Maria, who scored twice, Bergeron, Marsha, and those, those guys did rise to the occasion by the end of it. Uh, Pete, you want you want to reiterate your drastic changes, uh, line combinations for this game? Yeah, I, I mean, I would love to see them break up that third line and and put Coyle on the first line and Johansson on the second line and re- really stack the top six and run those guys into the ground. Jo- I, I, Johansson I think, has been on fire. I think I he's mean, been their best I've forward in this series. Enjoyed watching him play. Um, his effort, his energy, um, ha- has been refreshing to watch. Given some of you know, the other struggles that we've seen from Marchand and Pasta and Bergeron and, and Krejci. Where is Mr. Playoff Krejci? Where, where has he been? Because sometimes I don't even hear his name being called during these games. He's not getting a lot of help on his wings, I'll say that. DeBrusque has looked really, really bad, and obviously Bacchus hasn't really done much. So uh, tough to pin it on Krejci. But again, that's why I would love to see him get Johansson, because... He needs a little help. I think Johansson's been their best forward in this series. Um, you know, I, I just I, I think that if you're going to go down, you, you should go down swinging. You should run that top six into the ground. Yeah, you need to just throw everything you have at them today. Um, every, every, I mean, you have no choice, right? Yep. You have no choice but to throw everything you have. And you know what? Whatever the result is, at least you can say, you know, we threw everything we had at them. Thank you, Maria. Enjoy the game tonight. Thanks, guys. I, I the concern there is you're breaking up Johansson and Coyle, which is a proven success for you. That's the line that's working, so you're splitting them apart. That's why I don't like it. They're not winning your games, though. Uh, e, true, true. The, uh, the adjustment I just would rather see would okay, Martian and Bergeron. You're not going to break them up. That's the duo. So I don't mind stripping Pasternak off there. I don't mind giving a couple shifts for Johansson or Coyle, whoever you want there. But can you please just try for once to get him away from Perenko and Bomeister? Try, I mean, Bruce, try. It's, it's, it's game six. I know you don't care about line matching that much. And he overreacted, actually, in the first series. We were on him for that a little bit. But uh, this uh, rolling four lines, there's a reason Colton Perenko's a story in this series. He is just uh, he's totally owning Marchand. If he's got a broken hand, it explains it a little more. But uh, still, he's out there, and uh, maybe he can score one or two with a broken hand. Let's go to Lou and Lowell here on uh, Sunday's Skate. Good morning, Lou. Good morning. I guess i got to take it off speaker, I guess. Well, you guys are certainly – this is the first time I've called a radio show in actually my life probably. I'm 67. I live in Lowell, and I've been a Bruins fan. Well, once they started, once the arrival of Bobby Orr, I was a bigger fan like everybody was. But I started with the bowl line when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. It was it Busick, Oliver, and Williams? Was that how it went? I'll buy that. Hello? I'll buy that, Lou. That sounds good to me. All right, all right, good. Well, the real reason I called is, and I was talking to you, the person that answered the phone, is that I was referring to them as our referees or their referees. Is there like two sets, one that 
referees in St. Louis and stays there. They've been rotating the two sets. Yeah, there's there's four refs that oh, have been they rotating. rotate between, ga- between games. Between every, games. Other, every other game, yep. All right, so I said to your host that earlier this week I heard on the news that ironically there was one set of referees that every time that set worked we would win the game and that the other set, St. Louis, would win the game. Hmm. Well, they have traded wins. Correct? Yeah, I guess, that's, I guess that's accurate. That's why well, I heard that on your channel earlier this week. Well, no, well, the, Bru- well, on, the Bruins, the game... And the, I sleep with it, too, so... The 7-2 to win, Kazari and Sutherland refed that game. That was game three. So uh, I guess they were 2-0 and with Sutherland and uh, Kazari, who missed the call, until they lost the other night. So, so it was actually reverse. Uh, Chris Rooney and Gord Dwyer are the other two, and they were 0-2 with those guys, who were going to be the guys tonight. Now, did we inherit any of these guys from that San Jose series? Where no. They just the call the those, those guys, no, those were guys haven't worked. Those guys were benched. Yep. Thank you, God. <laughs> yeah, Lord maybe. knows what they'd miss with us. And you might get two more well, going that way. Who's refereeing tonight? You guys know whether we have a chance tonight because of this or no? Well, you're going to get the other pair. Thanks for the call, Lou. You're going to get Gord Dwyer and uh, um, Kazarian Sutherland are out. So it, whether that's not been good for you in the series to this point, but Chris Rooney and Gord Dwyer are two. Well, I haven't lost because of those guys. Right. So I, I don't think. You, you feel a little bit better about that. Although, were they in? Uh, they were in for the Grizzly Sunquist sequence, and they missed that one. Um, and Sunquist was later suspended for it. So it felt like they've been flawless in this series. But it is interesting. And now for Game Seven, if they force it there, I can't imagine Sutherland would be out there again. That would no, be unbelievable. Guy uh, would be murdered uh, in this town before he got to the rink. I'm, I'm just. Think. I'm surprised that they haven't said or come out and said that those guys aren't going to work again. I know. Uh, I mean, hey, you, Walcom wouldn't even comment. Basically, the it's director insane. of officiating. Insane. What, what is that about? We don't. We don't comment on judgment calls. It's insane. And they they've had. They've come out after the the previous calls, the previous clear blown calls. They've said, "All right, we'll own it. We'll 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 say, you know, those were clearly missed." I, I cannot believe that they they didn't say that should have been a penalty. Now, on, on the Vegas call, it was after the series, so I guess maybe they felt freer to to apologize or whatever. But uh, after the hand pass, the hand pass they, was right after the right game. After they the apologized. Game. That's um, that's amazing. There again, anti New England bias creeping into the National Hockey League. Tim and Lowell next here on Sunday Skate. Hi, Tim. Good morning, boys. Morning. Now, don't take what I am going to say initially. I have a couple points here. But don't take what I'm going to say literally. But Brad Martian is playing in this series like he's got a bet on St. Louis. <laughs> he, he, that, that's how bad he's playing, in my opinion. He's passed up so many open shots. It's a waste of time to even have him on the power play. I would just basically use him mostly for penalty killing. I just don't know what's going on with him. But in my opinion, for what you expect from all the players on the team, to me, he's been their worst player based on the expectations. So I don't really know what's going on with him, but he's been a major problem. Well, what did you and, think of what did what did you think of Pete's loose report that he's got a broken hand? Would it make sense? I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I, I, I just don't believe it. I know I heard something about it, that scrimmage that they played, that he may have been injured. I'm not buying that. I, I think it's from the neck up is what his problem is. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe something will come out after the fact. But I, I'm not buying that he's got a broken hand. But if I can make one other point, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll let you guys go. To me, the 
big, big issue here, and, and, and I'm afraid to say it, but I think they are going to lose tonight. But there's too many players on this team that have been physically intimidated. Heinen's been an empty uniform out there, and there's other guys that I think have been intimidated too, and I think that's a major factor in this series. And I know the kid's kind of an unknown player, but I wish they could have kind of kept the kid around for this series. The kid Trent Frederick have played a little bit at the end of the year. If nothing else, they could have plugged him in to counteract the physicality of this series. He, he, you know, he might have had a place in this series to do something like that. Or, or he, if they can't do that, maybe they ought to dress Jake DeBrus' father, Louie, for, for a couple of the games here because he was one of the <laughs> toughest players ever play in the league. I wouldn't mind seeing him out there for a couple of these games. Well, Bacchus, they benched, who was one of their more physical guys, Tim. Uh, we'll see if he gets back in tonight. It's funny. Big Bad Bruins, the the cliche, that was kind of mocked over the last few years. Every time they would sign one of these uh, quote-unquote physical players, uh, a lot of the media would just scoff at that. Uh, But in this series, you could use a little more thump, I guess, unless you just feel like you're going to beat them with speed. I mean, they came out in Game 5. That first period, they played really physical. I thought that they answered that physicality really well. Uh, just after the St. Louis's goal, it, I mean, it felt like a win for St. Louis. I, and I tweeted this. It, it felt like a win that the Blues got out of that first period tied 0 0. Yep. And totally. then they totally. scored immediately after the first intermission. And Martian hit the post. That was huge. For, yeah. you know, five minutes ago in the first. And then the Bruins were chasing the game completely after that after that opening goal. And the they first just, minute of the second, St. Louis owned right before the O'Reilly goal. And the whole first 60 seconds, they came out flying and right. just took control of the game. So I'm saying, I think they got a boost going into the first intermission tied up. Uh, because they got completely outplayed in the first period, and the Bruins looked good. They were putting everything on net. Bennington was giving up rebounds all over the place, and so, you know, they just abandoned their offensive attack after that first period. Very, so, very frustrating. Intimidated. I know a lot of some people were pointing at Pasternak as like uh, shying away from a hit in the corner from Sunquist, but I don't blame Pasternak. He's 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 a skill guy. You don't want him thumping in the corners if he can avoid uh, a separated shoulder. You do that. Heinen's gotten a lot of criticism, but. He's playing on the best line they've had, Johansson and right. Coyle. So he's got to be doing something right. I mean, he's not, he's not scoring for you, but he's a defensive-minded wing. He came into the series, the cup final, I think he had like a 90% goal share. He had the best goal share on the, on the team. He was on the ice for, I think it was 8-4 eight, eight, and 1 against through the first three rounds. So really difficult to say that Heinen's been the issue here. Yeah, DeBrusque for sure. Uh, you want to criticize DeBrusque, I think we've all seen it. Uh, he did score, but it was sort of a breakdown. Play late. Who knows, maybe that gets him going for game six tonight. Uh, although you want him scratched, basically, and, and ripped off the top, <laughs> the top six. I, I think that he's looked really, really bad. He scored last game, but I think that there was a, a, a long stretch where Jake DeBrus looked terrible. And now he's off the top power play, so uh, Johansson is there based on yesterday's work anyway out in uh, St. Louis. Matt and Wilmington next year on Sunday Skate. Good morning, Matt. Good morning. Listen, guys, I thought Jake DeBrus died in a car accident four weeks ago until he <laughs> scored last game. Uh, he's been so so bad. I was one of those people that wanted him to sit last game and, and let Bacchus play, um, but hopefully that goal wakes him up. I will say, I give credit to a lot of the other callers. They stole a lot of my, my thunder here, but end of the day, I don't think the... Uh, we don't win tonight unless you get points and production from those top two lines. If they, if they finish this game and you look at the score sheet and maybe there's a point or there's a plus one between those six guys, uh, the season's over. They, they need to actually do something. But the big thing here is the Bruins have to initiate contact. I mean, it seems like we're playing that counterpuncher. We're the skilled team. They're the heavy guys. Uh, let them hit us, and we'll skate around them and, and all that stuff. And it's not working. They're catching up to you. They're hitting you. They're grinding you in the corners. They're wearing us out. They're putting guys on the shelf. 
you have to initiate and make contact in this game. This is where I don't buy that the NHL is going strictly to speed and skill and that these heavy teams cannot win the Stanley Cup. We're looking at the past years, and it's always a team that has a combination of the two. You need to have that presence. And the Bruins, Pasternak is the number one guy for me, have been shying away from any physical contact whatsoever and just thinking, well, they're going to get themselves out of position and we'll score. Well, guess what? They're not. They're hitting you, and they're still in position. So you have to initiate if you're going to do anything in this game, and the top six have got to do something or it's over. And, Matt, if, they put, if they're putting the whistles away, and we know St. Louis can't score on the power play, why not? Why, why not take some liberties? Uh, I think Exactly. They're, they're doing it. I mean, you see, what I don't understand is that if you're, you're seeing that and you go, okay, as Brickley would say, we know where the threshold is, but the Bruins seem to know where the threshold is because St. Louis is showing it. But they don't take advantage of it. They don't even really take any chances. I will say Marshan with a stick in the pads of uh, Bennington, oh, and he God. could call. Yeah, that's, you're like, all right, so these guys can run Tuca three, four nights in a row, but we put one stick in the pads of Bennington, and we're going into the box. Um, you know, I guess that gets confusing, but y- you've got to take those chances. You have to. Well, that's the thing. It's like you, you know where the threshold is, but it's, it's being called one way. You know, well, it, you, actually, you don't because game three, the threshold was one, someplace, and then after game three, right. well, I mean that's I mean that's the story of the playoff officiating. It changes game to game. It's 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 stupid. There's no consistency, but there's especially been no consistency at the, in the way that it's been called on both sides. The, the, here's the credit to the Blues, though. They the, what's not fluky about them? Winnipeg, they shut down the Shifling line. Dallas series, they shut down Tyler Sagan. San Jose, they shut down Couture. And now Bergeron and Marchand. So if you, yes, physical, but they're obviously doing something right tactically to, to shut down the top players on all four of these teams that they've faced. And those are all good lines and good players that they've taken out. So it's, I mean, if this is the best line of hockey, they got to show it tonight. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, you, you also say that top line, uh, even if they're not producing offensively, their job is to 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 play both ways and, yep. and shut down defensively, and they haven't done that either. Yeah, they haven't been totally exposed, but I know what you're saying. They've given up, what, four even strength goals, right. something like that. They've been outplayed by Shen, Schwartz, and Tarasenko. When it, it's, it's hard. I can't imagine. I, going into the series, I never thought that would have been the case. And to be honest, in St. Louis, they've been outplayed by the Blues' fourth line, which is missing, missing Barbashev tonight. Maybe that makes a difference. All right, Matt Cowman will check in. We'll get his thoughts on the Marshan broken hand rumor. And uh, the uh, Pete Blackburn line combination juggling. What would Calman do tonight? He's headed to St. Louis. He is at Logan. We'll do that next after a trending on Sports Radio WEI. Now back to a Stanley Cup Finals edition of Sunday Skate with Ken Laird, Pete Blackburn, and Matt Calman on Sports Radio WEI. Well, Calman's headed to St. Louis, and uh, I thought a great Game Six morning column. Everything going to be all right again from Calman today. He's just recycled the post game uh, two column. It's back up at wei.com. Great read, I thought, Pete. What did you think? Uh, yeah, great read. Also Fantastic. on the text line, a lot of Deadwood Matt Calman texts. Uh, people enjoying the show without Calman here. You and I having a great doing time. just fine, having a great time. And loose reporting from Pete Blackburn. Matt Calman joins us from Logan. Matt, did you hear the blockbuster, the bombshell that Pete dropped about a half hour ago? What did you guys took me out of the intro? Uh, no, well, that's that was uh, that was destiny. That was going to happen. No, uh, Pete, do you want to reiterate for Matt and, and folks just joining us here on Sunday Skate? What yes. you're hearing? Yes, Matt, I heard that Brad Marchand has a broken hand. That's what I've heard. Oh, all right, that could be. Uh, 
Have you heard, you've heard anything like that, Matt, in your uh, wide-ranging reporting? And would it make sense? Well, yeah. It would absolutely make sense. He obviously hasn't been right. And, uh, you know, it probably goes back to that wonderful scrimmage that everyone celebrated because it was so much fun to cover and so much fun to watch, and they gave back to the fans. And next thing you know, Connor Clifton takes out Brad Marchand's hand. It's wonderful. Oh, that was Clifton's fault? Sure, why not? Okay. Somebody. <laughs> now, but if he broke his hand in the scrimmage, would he have continued to play in that scrimmage? I guess maybe. Yeah, probably not. Maybe. Who knows? But uh, maybe, maybe he would. Maybe he didn't know it was broken. I don't know. It, it seems kind of weird that he would have. Maybe if you have to test it out, though, I guess to test it out. But he, he hasn't taken any maintenance days right since right after that. So I guess he's. You know, he's been in all the practices, too, so maybe he's finding ways to adjust to it. Maybe they're using some kind of splint or something, and he has to keep getting used to it. Keep in mind, Pete has not uh, tweeted this nor uh, wrote it anywhere on CBS Family of Networks. So uh, this is just a, it's, it's hearsay at this point, but it's a food for thought. A possibility, I guess, is the best way to put it. Uh, but you wrote yeah, about Mark. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, again, we don't know what the injuries are, so for now we just have to have to just write that he's thinking up the joint. <laughs> Once we know about the injuries, then we can, you know, put it in perspective, I guess. Yeah, which you, you sort of did write today in your column at EDEI.com, uh, and you sort of hint that you're seeing signs of him breaking out of it. Am I am I uh, capturing the essence of your piece correctly? You think uh, you saw some good uh, good trends from Marshawn in, la- in the last game? Yeah, I guess better than, obviously, the first four games, and maybe not as much as in the Toronto series where he had, I think, five shots in game five, and that was really, you could see him you know, just on the cusp, and then he had a big game in Game 6. Um, four shots in, in Game 5 this series is a good sign, and I think the better sign is the uh, the low bridge hit on Tarasenko that's getting no publicity. I'd like to have seen him do some of that uh, in maybe Games 1 or 2 and send a message, but maybe he'll get a little feisty here. And uh, actually, if the Bruins do lose, at least they go down, you know, pushing and fighting and scratching and clawing instead of the way they've kind of gone down every game they've lost in this series where they've just kind of let the, the Blues steamroll them. It's not gotten no coverage because our good friend Damian Cox from uh, Toronto tweeted, course. Thank goodness no <laughs> Bruin did anything illegal. They are an entire blessed team of Lady Bing finalists. And later, another day ending in Y, another NHL player suspended for hitting a Bruin. Oh my God. Have, we fig- have we figured out if this guy got food poisoning at Legal Seafoods or something? What happened to him? <laughs> what the hell happened to that guy? That's all he tweets. He never tweets anything else. He doesn't even tweet about the Raptors on the cusp of a championship. All he tweets about is, is hate tweets against the Bruins. It's the most bizarre thing. Yeah. Well, you know that was a cheap shot by Marchand, and uh, you know, you're right. It got it's sort of overlooked. So if he comes in tonight and plays uh, over the edge, it wouldn't surprise me. And uh, maybe you're right. Maybe that's exactly what they need. Now, uh, Pete has another uh, drastic uh, report today. He not wants. A report. It's not a report. It's, it's an a, idea. It's a thought. It's an idea. You want to give your uh, line yeah, combinations? I, I, to I think that if you're going to go down, you should go down swing, and I would love to see them break up that third line and and put Coyle on the first line and and Johansson on the second line and run those the, that top six into the ground and see if they can't get anything going. Yeah, I hate that because I <laughs> I want to keep Johansson and Coyle together because they've been magic together, and I, I think that's been your best, most consistent offensive connection the whole. Uh, whole playoffs if you wanted to, to keep them together and then maybe put a marsh hand on the on the le- on the right side or the left side or you know mix guys up and that maybe even put Pasternak with them that worked a little bit about against Columbus I would do that but I, I would not pick up what's been your most break up what's been your most you know offensive you know best offensive pair this whole uh, this whole series and uh, for most of the playoffs here and that, hasn't been good enough you know, to get them going though hasn't been good enough to win yeah. well they've been at least 
at least pressuring them. They didn't look too good. They, you know, they spotted that those lines toward the end of uh, game five and didn't work either. So, um, to me, you go down with your best line. You, you go with what got you here. You, you you play those lines and you just let the chips fall where they may at this point. If you're not good enough with the lines that got you here to to get through, then uh, something is drastically wrong. Maybe it's a broken hand or maybe it's just uh, a broken will. Well, you've covered Cassidy all year. You know his his tendencies. What will happen tonight, Matt? Will uh, Moore play, Camphor, Grizzlick, uh, Bacchus, Chara, who's in tonight, who's out? I would say at this point you have to go 12-6. and six. I mean, Zidane came out and talked yesterday. Clearly he, he thinks he's okay. Um, you know, you, you did kind of you, ha- you have to put Bacchus out there tonight. I mean, he's... This is what this is what you got him for, right? This is what he's. This is the type of thing he's done all year. A couple extra days rest, playing on with your backs against the wall. You need to have that guy on the ice for nine minutes, ten minutes, whatever it is. You need to have him on the bench in the room. You can't have him be watching this game, and uh, you just go with, you know, with what got you here. Like I said, and you know, more. You know, I guess if Grizzlick's not in, you have to go with one of those guys. I would, I would probably say that they'll probably uh, go with more because that's just the the way they've done it, and he hasn't actually played particularly poorly, so. You know, but uh, again, you just got to go with the, with the with the chip, with the horses that got you here at this point. I mean, there's no room for messing around and screwing around the way he did in Game Five. So Calvin's at Logan Airport. He's joining us here on Sunday Skate. He's uh, surrounded by Blues fans. Is that you can see if some of these Midwestern people are nice enough to watch my bag. But uh, plus, it's kind of weird to folk, see. Right? Yeah, I'm seeing a lot more Blues stuff. I, I don't see one person wearing any perfect stuff in this old terminal. Well. Uh, <laughs> They're, they're, they're ashamed at this point. I think they're disgusted I by the league, so. aren't they? Aren't they just disgusted by the NHL? Oh, is that what they should be wearing, like zebra stripes or something? Is that it? Exactly. Maybe they're they're uh, they're paying tribute to the top six by being invisible. Well, Matt, we you and you and I did a podcast Friday. If there uh, there were hundreds, of course, of people that heard it, but for those who didn't, the the one moment of minor drama that we had was debating whether or not St. Louis was a better team. Uh, you mm. you sort of said, yes, they are, but didn't want to give full credit. Have you uh, two days to chew on it? Who's the better team now? No, I, I mean, I still, you know, the better team doesn't always win. The team, it's a team that plays like, a, it's the one that plays better like a team. And you clearly have, not only do they have the, the chemistry and the, and the synergy for their, their players playing well together and doing the right things, but they have the right game plans. And the Bruins haven't uh, strategized correctly. To, to get through here, and even you know, you, you saw the adjustments that they made on their penalty kill, the way they shut down the Bruins' power play, and it just seems to take uh, the Bruins sometimes. We've seen in every series, it takes them a game or, or two to to adjust strategically. They don't seem to do those adjustments in game, and uh, now here you are. You have to hope that if they get any power plays tonight, which I don't, I don't expect them to, considering what's gone on the last few days. Um, they, they better come out and have. I mean, they've already made the one adjustment, right, Johansson? Like we said, that they should do on the first pair. You got to give him the puck, get him to to break in, in the zone the way he's uh, capable, and then uh, see if they can go to work. But clearly, the Blues have done a better job in all those areas. Which sounds like you're saying St. Louis is the better team. <laughs> they are a better. They're team playing on like June the better team. Night. I, th- I think St. Louis' strength is being able to grind down better teams, which makes which then yeah, makes well, them the better team, right? Which Calvin well, will say he can talk around it and I say can... the Bruins are the better team, but the Blues have outplayed them. Which means by the end of the series, St. Louis is the better team. Yes, right now in their in their current conditions on June 9, two thousand nineteen, <laughs> I will declare that is right. If both teams play at their best, I think the Bruins are the better team. 
But the Bruins have not right. played like their best because the Blues have grinded them down. Yeah, and they, and they might not be capable of playing at their best. They might, like you said, I mean, whether it's Marchand or whoever else is banged up, um, some guys play through things. We know Tarasenko and a few of the Blues guys are playing through stuff. Some guys handle it better. I think I think Charlie McAvoy's probably banged up right now. I don't think he handles uh, playing through those things uh, very well as opposed to, you know, Char or somebody like that. Well, uh, let me give you a chance to redeem yourself, you and Pete, for uh, Game 6 pregame in uh, Toronto. You both declared the Bruins dead. I did not. They that came is... back and won the series. You did. You're, You're making s- this you up. You both predicted You're Toronto was going to win the series. Calvin, am I wrong? I don't remember. Oh, <laughs> we're going to pull that audio. I did not say that the series was over. You, it, you I definitively both said the series was over. I said Boston, would. there's no way Toronto's going to win a Game 6. Uh, we're going to pull that audio before the end of the show now. But... <laughs> <laughs> Let's focus on the now. What happens tonight? Yeah, they lose. Ooh, I mean, I, I'm, wow. I'm going to stick with what I predicted on the podcast. You know, a two to one loss. They get a they get a goal, but just can't push forward. They can't uh, come over the top here, and they haven't given me any indication that really that they're going to do anything different than they've done the last couple games. And what comes out if that's the case? You're covering the post game, the the aftermath there at Enterprise Center. Any uh, bombshells to come out? Any uh, what changes about this team? Is it a major shift in the franchise future? It's not going to be a major shift. I mean, you know, they're going to just regroup. I mean, we know what the RFAs they have to take care of. We know what their holes were and still are as far as dipping into the trade pool or UFA pool. You know, you still need that second line right wing. You can't have it be a revolving door every uh, every two weeks the way it's been. And uh, they'll have to rethink this defense core as far as the size and strength that we talked about all along because – Clearly, they've been you know out muscled in this uh, in this series. Yeah, it's tough because Grizzly was injured. So is that a factor of uh, you know the Blues going over the line, or is he undersized? Do they need somebody? You know, is Kevin Miller the missing piece that they didn't have in this series when we look back on it, uh, or was it just misfortune? Yeah, maybe, maybe when you have your spare defense, and you just need to have them. If you're going to have small guys in the lineup regularly, maybe your extra defensemen have to be you know more bulkier guys than. Uh, been a John Moore type guy, even though he's supposed to be kind of a mix of a guy who can skate and be strong. But uh, you know, you, you got to keep adding to your depth. And they always say you can never have too many defensemen, and that's going to continue to be the case. Well, there you have it. Everything was going to be all right after Game Two, but now dead. Dunsky says Matt Kalman. He is declaring the Blues the winner in Game Six tonight. I want that to be the headline at wei.com if they lose tonight. Dunsky, please. That's that's a. Uh... All right, that's on the tee for that. you. I, and we need a picture can, of you in the St. We need a picture of you in the St. Louis Arch in two hours when you when you uh, touch down. All right. All right, sounds good. <laughs> all right, see you, buddy. That is okay, that is Matt Calvin at Logan Airport. Going with the decisive pick, two to one, St. Louis tonight. What say you, Pete? Uh, I'm going to say four three. The Bruins win, and that's regardless of Grizzlick's uh, status. Yes, you don't think he plays, but uh, they're uh, John Moore's been fine. Uh, he doesn't doesn't particularly worry me. They they have bigger concerns. I think the. Uh, I mean, if it's a four three game, just in general, that's to, uh, you would think the Boston's favor, and that means Bennington's given up four, or you know, uh, maybe three and an empty netter, and you're back into Bennington questioning himself for game. That would be beautiful. You remember Luongo got pulled in Game Six of 2011, uh, pretty early in that game, and uh, of course they got shut out four nothing in Game Seven as well. So that would be delightful if that happens. Right. Yeah, I, th- I think they get they get on the board. A- Early in this game, which will be will be huge for them, they're going to need a, a fast start for sure. 
Some final thoughts on this one. We turn it over to uh, Wiggy and uh, Reamer coming up at the top of the hour. Your chance to get in, 617-779-7937. We have yet to hear from Don Cherry, our weekly check-in with Grapes. I believe he was taking Zdeno Chara to task for having his jaw broken. So uh, that is must-listen-to audio. That's coming up. It's the Sunday Skate on Sports Radio WEI. Now back to a Stanley Cup Finals edition of Sunday Skate with Ken Laird, Pete Blackburn, and Matt Kalman on Sports Radio WEI. Eddie, expect what do you expect today? What do, what do you get? Some predictions here. Sure to go wrong. I do not have a good feeling about it. I do oh, really? Not, I do not have a good feeling. I think Toronto is just. They've got some momentum. There hasn't been any momentum in the series. I don't think it necessarily carries over, but it's just the confidence they've built up. I think uh, they're just outplaying, and I think the Bruins have too many guys right now that just don't have uh, enough gas in the tank. You know, going back to Krug and DeBrusque, I think I admire their determination to play through whatever they got. And, uh, you know, we saw Rick Nash try to do it last year. It was kind of a similar situation where he just was a shell of himself. And these two guys right now, uh, whether it's a concussion or some other injury that came from those hits, they're not the same. And I think those are two huge driving forces on this team that, uh, you know, the secondary scoring that helps support that. Bergeron line, I, I just don't think they have it in them for today. Yeah, I'm a Final mush. Score? I'm a mush, so I think that I'll say that the the Leafs win, but I also I'll, I will say that the Bruins have not put it fully together yet. They have not played a complete game, so you know if they magically do it today, and you know you find it at the right time, good for them. But you know I don't have a ton of faith at this point. There it is. That's two months ago, and uh, definitively, Pete Blackburn saying. Leafs in six. That is that is painful to hear. I said it to give the Bruins the the push that they needed <laughs> to put them over the top. That's amazing. The, the fact that John Anderson, who is such a fanboy of Pete too, he loves the brunch podcast. Got the hat like, on right now. He's asking like autographs every, and he pulled. He, he actually. Pulled I have that not mentioned it. brunch to Pete once. Would have been sweet if you cut that audio like twenty seconds earlier. You, you wore the brunch T shirt like like a fanboy. I don't First have a T shirt. Was in. I, I thought you did. I thought you had. A, well, uh, you had I don't. A but Pete, if you could hook that up. Oh. I got you. Well, not Stuff's anymore. Expensive. Not anymore after you just pulled that crap. Well, you weren't as bad. You were hedging your bets, at least. Kalman yes. was just a negative Kalman, as he always is. And Which I appreciate because Kalman has been negative today from the airport. So. Right. So I think good vibe. Yeah. I would think that's your best sign this morning that Kalman is against you again, as he was hey. in game six of the Toronto series and uh, is declaring the Bruins Dunsky. Never felt more confident after Matt declared him <clears throat> dead. Now, before we get to the phone lines for some final thoughts, we have to hear from Don Cherry. Uh, now he only, uh, unfortunately, they only put Cherry on on uh, Sportsnet between periods one and two. I would love to hear his take and his reaction to the to the non call, the trip, the Bozak play. But this is just after period one, so Chara had come back and played some of this. So they're showing the Chara play, and here is Grapes. His only Grapes can describe it. Uh, what happened uh, on the broken jaw? Let's not get anybody else suspended. All right. Now, kids, they know Chara, as how many, we're going to show this. How many times have I said, don't stick it? I watch the TV down here. I watch the papers, the whole deal. Not once did they say a stupid play. Here's a guy, 42 years old, wasn't learned when he was a kid. I played 16 years. I never had that happen to him. I saw Bada. I saw Al Arbor. I saw him badly cut. Larry the Rock Seidel. You never put your stick like that. Here's a guy, 42 years old, never learned when he was young. Young coaches at the side, never out in front. All right, Tarasenko drew the penalty the other <laughs> night, we feel. It was uh, Connor Clifton got him with kind of a similar hit to the Barbershev, and it uh, obviously ticked off uh, Bruce Cassidy. That this team is in the hunt at all is because of Billington. 
Uh, I'm not sure that addressed the Barbershev hit, which later became a suspension. But anyway, your thoughts on Chara having wrong stick position on the uh, play that broke his jaw? I mean, t- to blame Zidane Chara for a puck deflecting off his stick and into his face. Just... Well, he gave a good rationale. You know, stick should have been out to the side, not in front. You learn that when you're a kid. Sure. In midget hockey. Sure. So Chara, uh, sorry, I think the, I think Zidane Chara is a better defenseman than Don Cherry. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's questionable. We got a Rhode Island Jersey weighing in for some final thoughts here on Game Six Sunday. Good morning, Jersey. Good morning. So a uh, couple things. I am not a fan of seven defensemen. I, don't, I didn't really catch y'all's opinion on that. Um, as a forward, that always kind of screwed with me. Not that I'm a pro hockey player or anything. I think that messes up the flow of the team, the flow of the game. Guys can't get going with each other. No one. I know Bruce jumbles the line a lot, lines up a lot, but um, I just think that's it, it takes guys out of their game. Number two, with the refereeing, obviously that was the worst call I've seen in a long time. Um, it hurts to see it. Uh, we still had to score goals, though. We still had plenty of opportunities, and we didn't. I know these guys are NHL players, and uh, you know they're up on a pistol, and they feel that they can say things to the refs throughout the game. But I really think the Bruins need to keep their mouths shut because it's in times like these that you just need to play hockey and keep your head down. So I'd like to see a little more of that tonight and a little less barking at the referees and just play a complete game. There you go. Steely resolve, what Jersey's calling for tonight. As far as 7D screwing them up, I would tend to agree based on what I saw last game. They had just, no choice last game. They had no choice, I, I would agree, and I was calling for it. But by the end of the game, Pasternak looked gassed, and they just they seemed out of sorts. W- wouldn't you concur with what he said? Like, yeah, I mean, I mean they again, seemed screwed up by the end of it. I, I think that you go, you go back to 12-6 and six tonight, but yeah. I, I do think that they had no choice in Game 5. And it would have worked if they had jumped on him in the first period. They looked good in the right. first, and it was working, but they just didn't finish. I think if, had they got a goal in the first period, I mean, obviously, you know, whatever, we're looking back in time and what happened happened, but I think if you got a goal in the first period there, that's a different game. They wouldn't have abandoned their, uh, their offensive attack had they actually got some... Uh, uh, it w- if it wasn't a fruitless endeavor. I think that they got frustrated in that first period with their their opportunities, and then they really overthought things. They were overpassing uh, for that 30-minute stretch where they got nothing going. So um, I just think that they got frustrated that they weren't able to get anything out of that first period, and had things been different, could be looking at a 3-2 series lead for the Bruins. Well, it's Billington v. Rask tonight. <laughs> John Cherry said it. He said it plain and simple. Uh, that that there's guys obviously could play a factor as well, but... Uh, I'm waiting to see on Grizzly before I make my pick. Uh, unfortunately, if Grizzly doesn't play, I, I disagree with you. I think Moore is, is trouble tonight. So I like St. Louis if Grizzly is not in the lineup. But Grizzly plays, that's the jump they need. So let's see you on the game day skate today. And uh, you just, you're in general, you like the Bruins, though. And Kalman likes uh, St. Louis, so that's, that bodes well for everybody. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I'm saying 4-3 Bruins. And a Game 7 would be awesome. Just uh, no matter what happens, you get four more days of hockey talk and... Uh, Second Game 7 in Cup Final history for the Bruins franchise. Bruins win tonight, they win the series. There it is. Pete, good stuff all season. We may or may not be back next Sunday. Right now we're not scheduled to do so either way, but let's see if we get a bonus uh, episode tacked on. Parade episode. Parade episode. If not, though, you've been awesome. A great addition to Sunday Skate. We appreciate all your contributions. And uh, check out Pete on Twitter. He'll be active, I'm sure, here in the next uh, 24, 48 hours. Uh, Pete Blackburn, CBS Sports Finest. Coming up next, Wiggy and Reamer there at Fenway Park, and Wiggy is in gloat mode because he is in all week on Mutt and Callahan. It is Wiggy week, which means Reamer will not be heard again on these airways because there's no night show either for like a full seven days after today. So he's got three hours, and Wiggy is going to bludgeon him at Fenway Park, so it's a must-listen. Sorry, Reamer. Silence for a week. Basically banned from WEI after today. That's on the way next. 
you know, Stu should go on construction protocol so they can rebuild his brain. I mean, 